Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, y'all. So, popping in here to let you know that I'm sitting down with Ashley of The Bee and the Fox. I've been a customer of this brand for, my gosh, years now. And I'm really honored to, one, be talking to her, and two, to have a collaboration shirt out with her. We have only about 90 units left. So, if you want to grab the soft and strong Alex L. for The Bee and the Fox shirt, you can do so at the link in the episode notes. I am so excited for y'all to hear this really vulnerable and um, honest conversation. I hope you enjoy and take Take care. Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi, Ashley. How are you today? I am doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good too. I'm really thrilled to chat with you. We've been in conversation and kind of in each other's world for a few years now. So it's really nice to hear your voice. It really is. Yes. I remember we talked about doing this a while back and, um, you know, life gets in the way of a lot, but I'm excited to be here. So thank oh, you for this opportunity. Of course. Of course. So before we dive into our chat, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. My name is Ashley. I like to think of myself as a human first. I'm a single mom. I wear a lot of hats. I am a registered nurse. I'm also still a photographer. And then I started the Be in the Fox probably, I think, five years ago, which is mostly graphic t-shirts. So I've been a customer since you started. And I remember, I think, making my first purchase on Etsy (laughs) and really falling in love with the vintage look of the shirts and kind of like that timeless classic look that we see in photos from back in the day. So I wanted to chat a little bit about how the Bee and the Fox came to be and also how you're balancing being, you know, a woman of all trades, a mother, a photographer, and a registered nurse. So why don't we start with Bee and the Fox and just kind of talk our way through everything else? Sure. I know. That's a lot. So the Bee and the Fox came about when I had, let's see, I think I was a mother to two. And, you know, I'm sure you know how it is when you're a mom to little ones. And I was working as a nurse, which, you know, full-time working as a nurse is 12-hour shifts, which end up being three days a week. So you inherently have a lot of free time or like days off. And, you know, I kind of went into nursing for what it gave me. I hate saying it, but it's not where my true passion lies. I like the flexibility that it gives me. I love that I could do it anywhere. You know, I've always been passionate about world travel. So I loved the idea that it didn't tie me to any one location that I could do it any place that I wanted. I've always wanted to be a mother first and foremost. So I loved that nursing gave me the ability to be at home more or less full time and work full time, you know, but it didn't fill a creative 
love that I have and using kind of more of that left brain. So the Bee in the Fox kind of came about organically, really. It wasn't even intended to be what it is today. It just kind of grew into my full-time job. But I started it with my best friend, who is a graphic designer by trade. When I first started, she was doing freelance work. She had just had twins and had a baby before that. So, you know, she had like three kids, three and under, and Mm -hmm. I had my kids. She actually helped me with like the first four designs. And I used my photography background and I was blogging at the time. So I kind of already had an audience built around motherhood. And I started my little Etsy shop and, you know, got a couple orders here and there. And then I think it kind of hit it at a time when Instagram is not what it is today, when you could really grow an organic following and it wasn't inundated with ads and big brands and influencers and all of these things. So it kind of spread at a time when it was really spreadable via Instagram and has just kind of gone from there. So I love how you have kind of just allowed this passion project to grow into something that, you know, can sustain itself now. I feel like everywhere I look, there's someone with a bee in the fox onesie on or a t-shirt on. So I guess that brings me to my next question of like, what has this particular experience taught you about community and activism in the form of, you know, fashion, I guess? Sure. It's taught me a lot about branding and how important a brand is over a product. Because for me, what I value most in the Be in the Fox is that it's an outlet for my voice and a platform for things that I'm passionate about. And I also love, I mean, I feel like I have the flexibility to have it be risky in ways because I still do work as a registered nurse. So I have a plan B if this doesn't work out. So I can safely put what whatever I want out there. And if people don't like it, and that turns people away from the business, then that's okay. And I feel like that's allowed me to keep it really authentic. And I think that's worked for me with the brand, because I'm able to use my voice without really censoring anything. And to me, that's why I love it and what's important about it. And it builds community in that respect, because so much of what it's become for me is about putting a voice out there and giving back to companies and organizations that we feel passionate about. And as a white woman, you use your platform to talk about social justice issues and making sure that people know that your company and you support Black Lives Matter and everything else in between. There really is no censorship, which I truly love. What have you learned about speaking up and using your privilege to do so? Oh my gosh, so much, so much. You know, somebody once said, and I'm sure everybody's heard this go around, like, if you want to know what you would have done during slavery, look to what you're doing now. And I think so much of the social justice, racial injustice that's going on is so subtle, you know, like slavery was so in your face. And I think so many of the issues that are present today are under so many surfaces that they get buried and so that it's not so blatant in your face for so many. And so I think so many are able to kind of hide behind the shield of like, it's not a thing and it's not there. And it is it very much here the same way it's always been here. And it kind of seeps into all of these facets and areas of life, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. So to me, it's doing my part so that I can feel good about what I'm doing and so that I can give a voice and and a platform and an outlet for others to do the same. Hey, it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So to shift gears just a little bit, we collaborated on a shirt, which I love and so happy that we did that. And the quote on the front is soft and strong. And I want to take a second to chat a little bit about that and why that specific, I don't know if that's a slogan or like, I know it's a longer part of a quote of mine, but I wonder like what your thoughts are about those words in particular, especially now with the uprisings, with COVID. COVID-19 and everything else in between that's happening in the world, how do you find soft and strong to be, you know, supportive in your own practice of Mm -hmm. Mm self-care and just your human experience? Yes. You know, for me, what's been an ongoing theme that I keep coming back to, I always consider myself a slow learner and that like my wheels don't spin fast. They spin very slow and I kind of linger on certain themes until I feel like I really have wrapped my head around it. And one of those themes has been integration because I'd say one of my character defects is that I always want to be right. And one of the things that I've learned, especially through really healing from my divorce, which was last year, is that life is an integration. We and there's this quote, and I, I hope I get it right, but it says something along the lines of wholeness is achieved through an integration of opposites, not a separation of parts. It took me a while to kind of sit with that and think, what does that mean? It means that there's room for both, right? It's not this or that, it's this and that. So when I think of soft and strong, they're almost seemingly opposites, but they're not. It's the integration of the both that makes somebody whole. It's the duality of the two. and It is. Yeah, yeah. And I think when we were like going through what we were going to put on the shirt and how we were going to package the quote on the postcard and stuff, that the soft and strong just is me. (laughs) And it's taken a really long time for me to balance being tender with myself and being resilient. And it's like those words remind me that I can be both and. So I'm just so glad that we did that and that folks are excited about the shirt. And also it's a gentle wearable reminder, like everything else in your brand, on your website. I love it. It's a statement. Thanks. And it's a reminder for me too. like when I think of like things like discomfort or pain, you think of these things that are kind of condemned by society, things that we're kind of taught, socialized to run from or avoid. And it's really those things that I've learned that pull you in. It's an invitation and there's always something good on the other side, mm. you know, so soft and strong kind of reminds me that it's actually strength to be soft you know it takes a vulnerability to allow others in and that's a strength that's not a weakness you Mm, know totally so you mentioned your divorce and I want to talk to you about the transition from being a two-parent household (laughs) to a single mother and also what you've learned about love partnership and loss 
Oh man, that's so heavy. There's so much in that. There's so much in that. Yeah. I mean, it's never ending. I feel like I'm constantly in the ocean with my sister and I'm like going through and letting the sand fall and like looking for those golden nuggets and just like collecting them and shining the ones that I've already found. And it kind of feels so many ways like this rebirth, you know, I kind of, you always hear of divorce as being this like dreadful thing, but it's really been this return to myself and this blossoming in a beautiful way in so many ways. And that's not to say it kind of goes back to our soft and strong in this integration of parts, you know, because it's not to say that there's not a dark side to it too. There's always that dark side. But I feel like in so many ways, my divorce has allowed me to be a better mom and a better person. And I'm reminded in my early 20s, I did a lot of traveling actually with my best friend who I started the Be in the Fox with and mentioned earlier. And, you know, I felt like so many like neurons were firing during that time. It's like you were seeing all these new things. And, you know, I was finishing college. So you're kind of at that brink of like life is almost happening. And then all of these kind of feelings. And then I felt like when I was married, like so much of that got buried. And I kind of wondered if I would ever have that like feeling of being alive again. And Mm. now I can kind of see where the faults were in my marriage that, you know, why it wasn't right. But since my divorce, I feel like that again, you know, I feel like this like endless what's going to happen next and all the possibilities and that my life is mine again. And I get to be the mother I want to be and do all the things that I wanted to do. And I can't explain to you why I didn't feel like that when I was married. I'm still kind of working things out in that respect. But I've done a lot of healing post my divorce and a lot of kind of sifting and figuring things out and figuring out my part in it, which which I've learned has been a lot of not trusting myself. And I think we're socialized as women to kind of look external to ourselves from ourselves for so many things. And post-divorce healing has taught me that happiness is an inside job and trust is something that needs to be self-generating and power cannot be granted to you. You need to require it and generate it yourself. And if you're waiting on somebody else to be better or fix something so that you can be happy, you're essentially giving your power away. So I've kind of learned to reclaim my power and own my reality. That's been a big thing and validate my own experience because Mm. there was a lot of gaslighting and a lot of manipulation and just a lot of things that addiction and that I really was left me confused and disoriented. I found myself oftentimes going to the sickest person in the room to validate my experience, which I see now is like, you know, my recovery I've learned is like going to the hardware store for milk. You know, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't really make Mm -hmm. sense. So Mm -hmm. yes, it's been a really eye-opening experience, evolution. that evolution. You are a registered nurse still, and we can't not Mm -hmm. talk about self-care as a nurse, as a giver, Mm -hmm. a caretaker, and Mm -hmm. what you're experiencing on the front lines with COVID-19 running rampant through the world. 
it's stressful, man. It's so stressful. Every time I'm in the hospital, you know, I don't work as much as I used to with the Be in the Fox being my main thing. I use nursing more to keep my license active, which truthfully I could do outside of the hospital and keep my license, but I prefer to still work in the hospital. It's just every time I've left the hospital setting for maternity leave, the amount of anxiety to return to it and kind of jump in rusty is just not worth ever stopping again. So Mm -hmm. I do go, I'm not there as much as so many others on the front line. But every time I clock in and clock out, I think, gosh, nurses just aren't paid enough. <laughs> and I don't mean that like we're, we're paid fine, but it just mean that more in the sense that it's such a hard job. It's just such a demanding job, pandemic or not. But the added stress of a pandemic definitely makes things more anxiety ridden and nerve wracking. And it's sad, you know, I listened to this podcast about the situation in New York, and you can kind of see, you know, I don't know how much the general population understands about why it's important to slow the spread and not inundate our hospitals. But you know, you hear about patients in New York, I mean, just because the ratios of nurse to patient were so out of proportion that some of the people that were dying in the hospital were dying because they got confused fused and pulled the tubes out and got up out of bed and fell and died as a result of that fall because there Mm. wasn't enough nurses to properly monitor that amount of patients. Mm. I heard that on NPR actually. Yeah, it was devastating. Yeah, it was. And I could so see that as a nurse because even on during normal circumstances, there's times where we're quote unquote out of ratio, which is like technically against the law. But at the same time, if you have a nurse that calls in sick and you got X amount of patients, like, you know, I don't really know that there's any way around it. But yeah, I mean, as soon as I heard like behind slowing the spread and like not inundating the hospital is like, wow, I mean, yeah, it just makes so much sense. And fortunately, the unit, I don't take care of any COVID patients yet. So that's on the floor above me. <laughs> that's not to say we haven't had patients that have become positive and we have to send there, but I'm not directly taking care of COVID patients, which is a relief. And, you know, thank God for all the people that are. What does your self-care look like? like with life, with work, with life, with mothering. You mentioned taking your power back and and leaning into your power. How are you doing that with your self-care practice? You know, self-care for me is so multifaceted. You know, I used to think, used to judge, I will be honest and say that I used to judge women who would like count the bubble baths and the spending sprees as being self-care is meaningless. And I can see how far I've come in my own journey because I judge a lot less these days. And I see self-care as something that exists on a spectrum. And I really believe it to be whatever the heck you want it to be. And whatever you need is what it is, what the better question is. Because I think so often in life, like a lot could be answered by asking six more questions that start with why. So for me, it's like self-care has a direct relationship to self-awareness. You know, am I buying that dress because I want to distract myself from the pain I'm not ready to feel? Or am I buying that dress to celebrate myself? You know, there's a reason behind it. So when I think of self-care, I think it's so tied into inner knowing and self-awareness and why you're doing the thing that you're doing and why that thing is meant to make you feel good. Self-care for me these days is honestly a lot of meetings. I'm an active member of Al-Anon, which really has been a huge part of my healing journey and working my steps through Al-Anon and leaning into all of the things and taking ownership over my part and regaining things that are in my control and handing over things to the universe that are not meant for me and not Mm -hmm. in my control and surrendering 
things to that and knowing that there's only so much that I can personally do and the rest is not meant for me. You know, we're part of this bigger picture and I don't consider myself a religious person, but definitely a spiritual person and learning about what's for me and learning about what's for the universe would Mm -hmm. be my self-care these days. I think that's beautiful. So before we wrap up, I want to make sure we let people know where they can get our collaboration shirt and how they can support your work and what you're doing. And I'm just really honored to have have chatted with you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Somebody once told me closed mouths don't get fed and finding my voice has been hard, but I know it's important to share. And I'm so, like I said, grateful for this opportunity. People can grab the shirt on thebeandthefox.com. can find me on Instagram at thebeandthefox. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.